You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you. It's a bit louder. We'd have got up with it. Um, so just some of the lines of that, that song. It, it, it kind of, just I'll run through it quite quickly. It kind of begins with this idea of alienation. It starts with, I'm not a stranger to the dark. I know what it's like. Hide away, they say, because we don't want your broken parts. I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars. Run away, they say. No one will love you as you are. Uh, and then there's a moment where kind of we move from alienation to almost, in our context, it would be almost a born-again moment, but I won't let them break me down to dust. I know that there's a place for us, for we are glorious. And then there's this new perspective. When the sharpest, sharpest words want to cut me down, I'm going to send a flood, I'm going to drown them out. And then probably the line of the song that goes round and round, I am brave, I am bruised. I am who I'm meant to be. This is me. Look out, because here I come. I'm going to get into it in a moment. <laughs> Marching on to the beat of the drum. Anyway, so, and there's, and there's this kind of resilience, even with the second verse, which says, another round of bullets hits my skin. Well, fire away, because today I won't let the shame sink in. And it's really like a big, brave song. This is what... Um, uh, Kiala Settle says about it. That's the woman who was singing it. This is what she says. One of the reasons I wanted to do it was the words were hitting way too close to home. In rehearsals, on set, in the studio, (coughs) I may have gotten through it twice without crying because it affects me in such a strong way. One of the biggest gifts... Uh, could uh, for me was that I could do this film it's helping me heal myself even talking about the song months after she chokes up that's why I can't get through it because I knew every time I'd have to go inside of myself which is so broken and yet so perfect in that brokenness of being a human being she says that without going into any detail so you've got this philosophy of life, of, of moving away from this kind of idea of rejection as being an awful thing and suffering and pain, but actually turning that so it becomes uh, a positive thing. It becomes a good thing. She talks about healing herself. She talks about, you know, um, I'm being told I won't be loved, but actually I'm, I'm going to be able to manage that. She talks about... Uh, march into the beat of my drum. So no longer am I going to march according to your rules, I'm going to march according to my rules. The question is, is that enough? Is it enough? Is it a strong enough philosophy of life to make it? Is it enough to have self-acceptance. Of course you need that to a degree. Is it enough to have self-identity? Is it enough to have self-worth? 
Does it stand up, not only to the test of time, but to the test of the reality of my life? Do I really glory in my brokenness and my personal humanity? Do I really glory in my rejection? It's a kind of summary of secular society. It's a kind of humanist anthem. And yet, as our world has moved towards this much more, there has been an increase in things like suicide. There has been an increase in things like mental health issues. There has been an increase in loneliness, in isolation, in people getting addicted, in people finding themselves on their own. There's been an increase in all of those things. We can sing the song, but when we're alone, is it enough? Is it enough? You see, the truth is, you can't always heal yourself. You can't. You can't always heal yourself. I'm not a medical person, nowhere near. I just about understand the inhalers that I have to take. Yeah? I'm not a medical person. I, I, I'm lucky if I take my um, hay fever tablets. But I'm aware of this. There are some things that the body can heal itself from. Yeah, There are some things. If I cut my finger, and I can stop the blood, I can leave it, it will heal. And, you, and to the point where you might not even know I'd had a cut. There are some things that the body can heal itself from. It's natural. A cut, you know, if I, if I catch cold, if I catch the flu, uh, man flu is a great thing because you can just lie in front of the TV for days. You just say, I'm not feeling very well. Yeah? You can do that. You just take your lemsip. You can, you, the body will heal itself. You need rest and recuperation. However, there are other things that the body cannot heal itself from. If you are diagnosed with cancer, you can't heal yourself. Positive thoughts alone will not do it. You need help. You need something outside of yourself to help yourself. And there are many things like that, many diseases and things that we could catch that the body will not heal. Without outside treatment, in the end, you'll die. I mean, I've got asthma. I've had asthma since I was three years old. Um, there was a period of time, I think it was in my early 20s, when I had a very bad asthma attack. Um, and I think, I think it was sand that had come over from the Sahara. I don't know how it got here, but there was sand from the Sahara on the cars. So you saw sand on the cars and all that kind of stuff. I got very, very sick. I remember being at home with my mum. Had I not gone into hospital and been left there, I would have died. I would have died. I wouldn't have healed myself. I wouldn't have been able to go, let me start breathing again. It was, it was contracting. It was contracting. And it's a fundamental flaw of that humanist ideal, of that worshipping of self, is in the end you can't always heal yourself. Sometimes when another round of bullets hit your skin, you die from them. You can't always revive yourself. This is what the Bible says in Romans 5. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, 
we know that to be Adam, and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. In the same way, whilst there is clearly something in self-acceptance, self-identity, self-worth that you want to commend, the truth is that there is a sickness that we have as human beings which is incurable. And it's called sin. And we can't heal ourselves from it. We try, but we can't make that right. In Romans 6 verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. The biggest and incurable disease that we all have called sin. We can't heal it ourselves. The consequences of it are death. Yet for the believer, and, and so that's the case. That is, if you like, the situation. We have this situation where, okay, we can move God out of the way, we can put something else in place, but ultimately we'll not be able to fulfil. The challenge for the Christian, for the likes of you and the likes of me, is that we want to live lives that are fully based around the truth of what we believe. Yet we can also be drawn in to self-worth, to self-identity, self-definition. We can get drawn into self-acceptance. And we can forget or not remember, oh no, salvation is a gift of God through Jesus. We can forget that we stand not because of things that we have done, but because of grace. We can forget that. We cannot remember that what God has done for us is far, far greater. When I talked about self-worth, if you think about self-worth for the believer, where does our worth come from? It doesn't come from how good I am. It doesn't come from how valuable I think I am. It comes from the fact that God so loved the world, God so valued the world, God so was into the world, and, and uh, I mean, Val gave that very powerful picture, but, but God so loved the world that he gave his son. And why did he give his son? That I might know him. That's how, much, that's how valuable I am. Now, actually, that's how valuable we all are if we can acknowledge God as our Lord and Saviour. We realise there is huge value in humanity, but it doesn't come from self. It's not defined by me. I said earlier this line, which is kind of a line that you have really around this self thing, I am who I say I am. And we sing a song with a line very similar to that, don't we? I am who you say I am. It's one word that's different. One word. The word I and everything that goes with me being defined by me, and the word you, everything that goes with me being defined by who God says I am. One word changes everything. Everything. If you understand, I'm not defined by who I say I am. I'm defined by who you say I am. That, that, that changes your life. It changes your identity, it changes your worth, it changes your acceptance. It changes everything about you. 
So there were two things. There's, there's for the unbeliever, there's this challenge of, does this really work out? There's the believer, this temptation, very subtly to be drawn in to, the, to that kind of way of thinking. And yet there's this appeal that we are saved by grace. Ephesians 2 verse 8. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, this not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now you can't live off of one verse of the Bible. But my goodness, if we lived off of this verse, we would find purpose, we would find security, we would find assurance, we would find freedom. We would find it all, even just through this verse. We are God's handiwork. What does that mean? It means you are valuable. Do not say to yourself, I am worth nothing, because that would be a lie. You are God's handiwork. Created in Christ. Why? To do good work. So you weren't created for nothing. You were created for purpose. God had purpose all over your life. And it even says, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Yeah? This isn't like a mystery. I've got to try and work out. I've got to try and work out what, what has God prepared for me to do. No. If you stand faithful and obedient, you will do the good works which he's prepared in advance. This is how the believer should live. And if the believer lived like this, there is a massive witness to the unbeliever. And your witness isn't, oh my goodness, you know, don't rip. Your witness isn't a negative. Your witness is, I get it, we all need acceptance. This is your witness. This is how you speak to somebody. We all need acceptance. Of course we do. The thing is, the thing that, that you find acceptance in, is it strong enough? Is it deep enough to, to deal with the reality of the world in which you live? Because if it's not, you need to find something else. And the Christian faith has stood for generation after generation. And you know what? Unlike my brother, I don't know the Hebrew and the Greek. Yeah? But I know enough to know that the faith I profess in Jesus today is not that dissimilar to the faith that the Apostle Paul professed in Jesus. It stood the test of time. It stood the suffering and the years and the pain. We're going to finish by singing a song, that song that I kind of referred to, um, which is, it's not quite our anthem. It's not an anthem at all, really. It's just a song that we sing, a nice song we sing. Um, but it kind of, it kind of you, you need to sing this song in the light of knowing that song. And you realise the difference when you realise that one word. I am who I say I am. I am who you say I am. This, this just brings release and freedom. Yeah, okay, it takes humility. It takes repentance to get there. But it, it's a different deal. It's a completely different deal. So let's stand together. Let's sing. Um, let's remember what he's done. Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. 
We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it.